Hey folks, welcome back to the Uticast episode number 50. We made it. The 50th episode, I think that makes it our golden anniversary. Is that what 50 is? I think it is, in which case I would encourage all listeners to send all of your gold to Uticast Studios. Yes, please. We'll take it. Yes, uh, it's golden hour here at the studio, so please send us all your gold and we will return you uh, praise and good tidings. Uh, we have a great guest this week, uh, my longtime, very, very, very longtime friend, AJ Whiteley from Oskin Eats Pizza in North and South Utica. Aaron Higgins is here, plus we got lots of good mailbag questions. Episode 50, we made it! coffee ice coffee is great getting me through the summer uh we made a we made a run to get uh iced coffee and a quick pre-podcast snack before we came back here to do this um and i noticed something that happens all the time i don't know what it means about us as people we both got our drinks and food at the same time your iced coffee is gone it's true my iced coffee is barely touched well because you know what it is you're always just talking you just, it's the non-stop talking. Like, I'm sipping and you're talking. That's what's going on. <laughs> it's not even on the podcast. It's just in life. No, I know. That's, life is a podcast. Oh, man. Uh, I want to share with you, uh, we were talking about this in the car on the way over here. I don't know what it is about me. You, you pinpointed it pretty well in the car, but I, I tend to have awkward... Uh, interactions with the public on a more regular basis than other people, I feel like. Yeah, you have a tough time. You try, because you know what it is? You're trying so hard to not be awkward that it's awkward. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's awkward how hard you're trying not to appear uh, to be awkward to these poor cashiers that are subjecting um, to you but on a daily basis. It got me thinking, though, uh, one of the reasons I'm like this, where I feel like I need to be overly sensitive to the uh, the context of, like, social, con- of the social contract is that I feel like a lot of people don't follow the social contract that we as human beings have put in place. Uh, let me give you an example of this, because this happened to me at Price Chopper last week, and I, I wanted to talk about it. So, you ever go to a, uh, generally a grocery store, but a lot of places have like customer service departments where yeah. there's, there's someone behind the glass, and you got to wait in line behind, like yeah, on yeah. that little line, right? So I'm waiting in line. Uh, there's a guy in front of me. There's a, there's a couple people in front of me, a couple people behind me. The people directly behind me are a man and a woman, seem like they're married in their mid-40s, right? Okay? Mm -hmm. And they're not happy about the length of this line, which it was long, certainly, but, you know, had to be done. And that's what happens, right? The guy in front of me, when the the guy in front of me gets to the front of the line, right? Mm -hmm. I'm still standing at the back of the line. I'm giving this gentleman five to ten feet of personal space from the end of the line to where the beginning of, to the front of the counter, right? Mm -hmm. So that this guy doesn't feel that I am encroaching on his space while he's going over whatever he's going over with with the customer service department. Right, right. right. Seems seems pretty straightforward. That's what you do, So this guy leaves. I walk up to the counter, and the couple behind me follows me up to the counter and stands (laughs) next to me while I'm talking to the woman trying to get uh, a discount card for this grocery store, right? Right. And, (laughs) And she was so close to me. That both me and the lady working the counter, I was like, hi. We both sort of stopped and turned our heads and looked at this lady like, did, 
Are you, <laughs> can I help you? <laughs> like, I thought this woman was really going to, like, jump ahead of me because she felt like her need was ahead. I was I was not pleased for about ten seconds. It's I gotta tell you, it's crazy to me, like, being out there sometimes. Some people just have to realize, you know, uh, life is a mixed bag, and sometimes <laughs> you're gonna have long lines. Yeah. Like, it blows my mind when people are incredulous. Um, like, it was like a Sunday afternoon. It's like it's busy. There's yeah. gonna be long lines sometimes. Yeah. Like, Settle down. Where are you going? Yeah. It's like, what What do you feel like you're going to accomplish by being closer to me? <laughs> right. Impatient. Every woman I've ever met says the same thing. What do you feel like you're going to accomplish being closer to me? <laughs> I think that's a good, that's a good uh, story for maybe the whole podcast. Like, that's a good idea of what my life has been like in this podcast. 50 episodes. Uh, I want to make a quick point, though, about something. Um, so a couple days ago on Twitter, uh, which has been our primary social media platform. Yeah, pretty much say. everything. Yeah, pretty much everything's on Twitter. Uh, we've gotten into Facebook recently, and we have the website now, uticast.com. Please go to it. Uh, but Twitter is where this all really started, I would say, in terms of getting the promotion for this show going. Yeah, that was definitely the first the first and only vehicle for the bulk mm. of the time we've been doing this yeah. show. So, so 50 episodes in. Uh, last week, we got to 700 listeners. Now, 700 listeners doesn't seem... Followers? Followers. Sure, followers. Right, right. There you go. Twitter, yeah, follow, followers, Twitter followers. Yeah. Doesn't seem like much, right, in the context of people who have tons and tons of Twitter followers. Right. Uh, I have a personal Twitter account I've had for maybe 10 years. My SF Doom account, right? I have like 500 followers because my stuff is all nonsense. <laughs> it's the, all nonsense. The fact, all that talking and still no yeah, content. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that we've been doing this for about a year now, or almost in a full year, and we have 700 followers, which is more than I've gotten in my entire 10 years of doing my personal Twitter account, uh, it it does mean something to me. So thank you for all the people who actually it seems like are paying attention and like being involved and like being a part of the process because uh, it makes me happy. So. Yeah, we we talk about it all the time. I mean, you know, just personally, like off the air, about how it's it's crazy that anybody listens. <laughs> all the and time. And so, like, it's no, like, all really, it's it's nice to see like the support has been overwhelming at every turn, and it yeah. validates you taking my whole Monday afternoon holding me hostage and doing this every week. <laughs> sort of validates. Hey, when people come up to me like, "Hey, man, I listen to the show. I like it a lot. It's really good." That validates doing um, the whole thing. You know what I mean? And I think, uh, and it's not that there's a ton of work to be done necessarily like if you listen to the show you can tell pretty much how much work i put 70 percent <laughs> of the work to be done in this show is waiting to see what time aaron higgins is coming Seventy <laughs> percent, or, right, or if we're gonna have to deal with justin uh no but uh you know I, I don't know if it always comes through but i do put a lot of uh, effort and concern into getting this show out here so i concerned for sure yeah yeah sure. <laughs> Uh, no, but it, it is important to me, and I'm gonna we're gonna keep going forward, and we'll keep going as long as people keep listening. So I'm glad that I'm glad that we're here, 50 episodes in. I'd like to stop. Uh, I'd like to stop getting so excited about markers, at least until episode 100. At this point in time, though. Yeah, no, I we can't. We, we, to, we can't do yeah, any more. We no can't more. do 75 unless that's a good anniversary. We have an excuse to have people send things from their home to the studio. <laughs> yeah, good too. I gotta look. Was yeah. it, is that like diamond anniversary? Send all uh, your diamonds there, mm. to the Uticast. Is there an iced coffee anniversary? Is that like the 52nd episode is the iced coffee anniversary? It's about 10 o'clock every morning. <laughs> All right, so uh, because this is a special episode, uh, Aaron Higgins will be here in a little bit. Uh, as I mentioned, my good friend A.J. Whiteley from Most Needs Pizza is going to do the interview this week. Uh, he's a great guy. Uh, but we're doing mostly mailbags questions for the, the major segments. So I did want to cover a couple things with you very quickly before we got into the non-traditional mailbag section of okay. the show. Okay, hit me. Uh, one... Uh, there's been everyone's talking about it again. Another sad uh, tragedy passing oh, of a, a cultural icon. Um, Muhammad Ali passed this week at the age of 74. Um, 
again, much like Prince, I don't think there's anything that I can say that hasn't already been said by more qualified people all over the internet for the last week and a half. You know what I mean? Well, I'm glad that you said Prince, actually, because um, something that I think those two guys have in common, besides, you know, passing, you know, pretty close in time to mm. each other, um, Muhammad Ali and Prince are both the the type, they've had the type of career, respectively, and what they do, where mm. there's probably a lot of people of a certain age yeah. or a certain generation who don't realize just how important Muhammad Ali was to sports and to culture and the world of boxing and society as a whole. That it's one of those things where you really dig back, and it's not until you see the retrospectives and the pourings out of the people who lived through it and were there that you get a full appreciation of the scope of who this person was. I mean, Muhammad yeah. Ali is one of the one of the big ones, one of the all time yeah. you know sports names that everybody knows, whether yeah. they watch sports at all. You know what I mean? Uh, someone made a good. I think it was on Gawker today. They had a really nice write up about him, and uh, they were calling him just the greatest of all time, not the greatest athlete, not the greatest. I saw uh, that as well, yeah, actually. Yeah, like, just. Really, when you think about, not even, if you take out the boxing, right? If you take all the boxing out away from his career, just the, the impact he had on the political and social specters of our country and what he did uh, on that outside side. Outside the ring. Yeah, yeah, outside the ring. That can be praised. And then even for a guy like me, if you think about it from like a conversational aspect, like the way he spoke. Oh, yeah. Like that's... the type of dialogue and the way he, the way his character Listen, lived. as somebody who really appreciates brash and outspoken athletes and public yeah. figures because it's entertaining, and as somebody who really appreciates a good trash talker, that when I went back and found myself watching videos yeah, when it happened, like in today's society, this is kind of what we do. Yeah. You Like when I found out Prince had passed away, I got on YouTube and I was watching all these yeah. Prince videos that yep. day. Same thing with Ali, and I found myself, what's funny is this guy who's known to be a boxer, I wasn't looking up boxing videos. I was looking up interviews and press conferences and appearance and things he did like that because, I mean... He was so electric outside the ring that it almost, it certainly doesn't put his accomplishments in the boxing ring in like, you know, in the background or anything, but it's crazy to be so acclaimed on two fronts like that. One of the things I thought was fascinating actually about his boxing career is they talked about how when he came back to boxing after being banned, um, he wasn't quite as good in terms of speed that he as he used to be, right? He lost a couple steps, and that's when he had to change his entire style, and that's when he would take more punches and use his chin, and that probably sort of length, shortened his lifespan inherently. But oh, like, yeah. Uh, I mean, he. I was watching, um, I think it was the th- the third time he fought, like, Joe Frazier, maybe. Yeah, Thrill of Manila. And it was, uh, yeah. it was a fight where I remember, like, re-watching that fight in a documentary on ESPN a couple years ago, yeah. and he got hit in the head so hard so many times that you're watching it, and it's tough to convince yourself that, boom. Because, cause, I mean, Muhammad Ali was in very poor health for the last yeah. bunch of years of his life. Had Parkinson's, you know, had a lot of brain yeah. damage, things like that. It's tough to watch a career like that. I mean, it's the same thing you see with these football players and, like, you know, even pro wrestlers and everything now. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody just getting hit in the head, and it's leads to a tough life later you know, in life. Weird. I like boxing. I'm one of the few people who still actually, who actively enjoys boxing. I know boxing's, like, popularity is not, is probably the lowest levels it's been in, 60 years, maybe. But, I think for the 100th episode, you should box one of the listeners. Go ahead. <laughs> but like, you have a contest. Even me as a guy who likes boxing, will watch boxing sometimes and sort of wonder if this borders on the level of like too brutal to watch like as a as a sport, right? It it, it sort of is uncomfortable to watch. And you feel like back then yeah. it was even different because now yeah. like with all the doctors they have and you know, I feel like the gloves must be more padded now than mm-hmm. they used to be. They're probably yeah. safer in some ways. It's, uh, I mean, you're really making a choice. Like, if you're going to make a life as a boxer, a wrestler, a football player, an MMA guy, anything like that, like, you're, you're making a conscious decision. You will have to pay that price eventually. 
Um, but, so yeah, a lot of great work about Muhammad. Uh, go out there. You so can many find good it. pieces. Yeah. There was so much good. As somebody who still appreciates like a long form written yeah. piece, there was a lot of content to read about. Uh, Bill Simmons' new website, The Ringer, opened this week. I'm sure they have I some content about that. I saw that. He put that. out a column. That yeah. was all right. Everything they're doing is too short. Yeah. It's, like, I liked Grantland a lot, but everything on The Ringer is really short. Their thing is, like, you know, people don't like to read long stuff, but some of it ends up being a little too short for me. It's, like, two paragraphs then. Their podcasts are still good. I'll give yeah. them that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not better than the Uticast, of mm, course. Of course not. <laughs> of course not. Uh all right, so uh, before we take a break, do you want to talk about the NBA Finals? We haven't really talked about it. I know we're huge NBA fans. I don't know how well that translates to our audience, but it is national story. LeBron, Steph Curry. It's, uh, man, it's been anticlimactic. <laughs> After that series with the Thunder, like, <laughs> the Warriors and Thunder series was such good basketball, uh, and it was you know, so good to see these two teams, like, clashing at the peak of their abilities. And, I mean, after last night's game, too, the one that was, you know, Saturday night we watched it, that was a that was a thrashing. I mean, like it looked like it looked like they were the Warriors were playing like Whitesboro. Like it was um, just terrible. They were getting killed. The <laughs> the uh, the Golden State Warriors Thunder series was like the best basketball series I've seen in a really long time. This series, this Cavs Warrior series, is almost like an episode of Game of Thrones. I'm more interested in like the characters <laughs> and like what this means going what forward. I'm like Machiavellian stuff. Yeah, LeBron like it's sort of yeah, yeah. Like I feel like this is all leading to a really weird season finale where LeBron leaves Cleveland again. Well, that is the one Warriors, of the, one of the big yeah. problems in the NBA is the East is just trash compared yeah, to the trash, Western Conference. Trash. Like none of these teams can compete. Um, like that was the finals that Thunder and Warriors. Will this series be over by the time episode 51 comes out? I don't know what the what game is that. How many games? Would I would go imagine that next would, week's episode. Game six would be after next week, probably. So in five games. In five games. I think that's I think that's a pretty safe bet. I don't trust. Cat. I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see LeBron and company pull out, even push it to seven. You never know. I mean, yeah. I don't see it until proven otherwise. I have a tough time betting all the way against LeBron James, but I don't know. I think they might. It just it doesn't look good at this point. LeBron James looks like he's about sixty years old. It's amazing. He's exactly all right. <laughs> he's he graduated right. high school the he same year I did. He looks sixty. All right, uh, Aaron Higgins will be back after the break. We will jump into some of your mailbag questions. Episode fifty, uh, a wild ride, folks. Let's let's keep it going. Episode fifty. It would have been right. Ooh, wow! You fired the corkscrew into the ceiling and hit you in the even, head. I didn't even mean to do that. I was barely unscrewing the thing. The thing that wasn't facing my head. Are you okay? I'm fine. I feel a lot smarter now. So Aaron Higgins has brought uh, champagne here for the fiftieth episode. In case you didn't hear it. Wow! Jesus. Wow! That was scary. That was amazing. Aaron, that's all right. Aaron, before we uh, get into the mailbag uh, portion yeah. of the show. I just want to ask you about your impressions 50 episodes in. How do you feel? I have a little concussion, but I'm good. <laughs> concussion from that cork hitting you in the head on the way down. Yep. That was intense. Mm. Okay, I feel great. I feel so good. I didn't think we'd make it. I did think we'd make it, but it's just great to celebrate anyway. 
So. I never had any doubt. I felt like uh, I knew we were gonna make it, but it's nice to celebrate. Hey, school guys, we did we did okay. We're doing it. Woo! Mmm. Yeah. So fancy. Oh man, fancy. Mm-hmm. That good room temperature. <laughs> nice, okay, it wasn't nice and ice. Hot. I couldn't nice ice and it. Hot. I didn't have time. <laughs> Bought it on the fly. I didn't have time. Oh, yeah. I can't do all things. That's the thing. I live my life 10 minutes at a time. <laughs> oh, and that past 10 minutes hurt. Yeah, you got popped pretty good in the head with oh, that. Sorry, dear. Since everybody who's listening couldn't see it, uh, the <laughs> champagne cork unexpectedly came flying out, bounced off the ceiling hard, and came right back down and hit <laughs> it, ding- it ding- right good. on the top of her poor head. Right in the head. Um... <laughs> Funniest thing happen to me all day. Then, see, that's why if we done all these shows on video, we'd have a great viral clip to get out there. Oh my gosh! Uh, that's just the kind of day it's been for you, hasn't it? It's just been a Monday. All right, well, let's uh, let's try and get into this then, so we can let you off. Let's, the rest no, of the world. let's do it. Let's celebrate. It's a yeah. big day. All right, well, uh, as you know, we're only doing mailbag questions this week. Let's cheers one more time over here. Here we go. All here the mailbag, all the all time. Mailbag. So, give me that. Mm. Thank you. Why? So let's start with uh, let's start with one here, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one is from uh, our good listener Jeremy. Thanks for sending this in. Thanks, the king Jeremy. of the mailbag, Jeremy uh, Williams. His question is, uh, what is? Uh, let me pull the actual question up so I can get the uh, get the full. What's the biggest disappointment you've ever been dealt by a band or artist? Someone you revered that released an absolute turd of an album. Oh man, it's um, a good question. That's a really good question. That second Finch album, first and foremost. Finch. Wow. That was that was upsetting after how much I liked that first one all those years ago. Um Let me see, who's laying eggs out here? I got into a there was a, a genre of music in uh with like the Matchbox twenties and semisonics of the world of that era. Yes. Uh, a lot of those bands had big first albums that I really liked and then all sort of had underwhelming second albums. I feel like Matchbox Twenty specifically was like I liked that first Matchbox Twenty album when I was younger. Was that a time and a place thing, or was that a might have been a, might have been time and a place thing? Yeah. I can say Ben Folds with pretty solid. Like Ben Folds was for which me. one? All right, so uh, I loved all the Ben Folds five albums. Yeah, I liked his first solo album, and I sort of liked some of the secondary stuff. But I he gotta put, figure out which one you're he talking put an about. album out called. Uh, Oh God! Way to normal. S- the album was called Way to yeah, Normal. Yeah, Way to Normal is kind that. of a tough one. Way to Normal was the first time that I was like, I think Ben Folds might be losing it, and then everything after that, I kind of just didn't really dig. Uh, when did Rock in the Suburbs come out? That was, was that the first one. That was the first one. I like that, that one. That was that a great okay. album. But that one was tough for me because I loved Ben Folds, so it was hard for me to make that uh, that distinction. I'm like, I think this is shit. Like I think, do you know what I mean? Like it was it's tough, tough for me to when you're trying it. to convince yourself you'd be listening to something. Sometimes like, no, you wait, maybe like this is good. It's just yeah. Yeah, that's um, definitely happened. Um, I would say, uh, some people might disagree, but I thought that second MGMT album was a big letdown after how much I enjoyed the first one. Yeah, yeah, it was a downer for a lot of people. I think people were building up MGMT to be a bigger band than they really mm-hmm. were, though. Yeah, that's uh, true. I don't a lot of bands like that. There were a lot of bands that get bu- get like get built up so big with buzz that there's no way to ever capitalize. That third Strokes album was pretty bad, too. Yeah, the Strokes is a good one, because that first Strokes album was great. Yeah. Uh, that was like an important album. Uh, I think Weezer you could easily throw on this list. Mm. You and you and I are a little bit that's more. A, that, that's the yeah. example. Weezer you and I, is the band. Yeah, because I, I think the general consensus is what Pinkerton, Blue Album, perfect. If you're into that kind of thing, and then everything else sort of falls off, gets uh, shaky. Yeah. You and I are a little more apologistic about Weezer, though. I like a lot of late era Weezer. Just uh, they're a good example. Like they've done. They stopped being crap. an album band and they started being a handful of songs on every album type of band. Mm. Um, I'm gonna go with. I got a couple of them. 
I'm gonna go with the the Kings of Leon album after Aha Shake Heartbreak. Um, Aha Shake Heartbreak was brilliant to me, and then what came after that was I want to say it was. I don't think it was because of the times. Only for the night. It's got. Uh, no, only for the night was the la- was the most recent one. I want to say it has to be because of the times. And that was an okay album. No, there was one in between. Whatever there, one think. had sex is on fire. That yeah, song that's was because a huge of the hit. times. Yeah. No, that's the other one. Because of the. T- uh, I guess I can't really. Uh, the most recent Hanson album was kind of a disappointment to me. Anthem. <laughs> I didn't know you were. I didn't know you were such a. I'm a, really she's a big, huge Hanson huge fan. Hanson you didn't know that about Anne? Huge Hanson. How dare she's you? She's like not unironically know. a Hanson fan. Like I, think, I don't even apologize how much I love them. I don't know if there's been as many albums that have been disappointments by bands I like as there has been bands that I liked that, that I sort apart. of don't like anymore. Right? Like, did Dave Matthews start making worse albums after before these crowded streets? Probably not. I just stopped liking Dave Matthews as much after that period. So those albums after Well, that's that. why it's tough to say, because you can only really answer with the band that you've grown with, right? Because yeah. like, you can yeah. give some answer about like a Stones album, but that doesn't count because they didn't come out with that in your lifetime. You yeah. know what I mean? I guess the best example for someone like you and me was maybe that last Blink-182 album, which was kind of crummy. That, no, that wasn't so bad that it completely turned me off from the band. It was just like, this, yeah. is, a, this is just a B effort. You know what I mean? Just sort of mm. lukewarm. I can say, King, uh, not Kings Leona, we just said them. Uh, the Black Keys, I think, sort of yeah, hit we a wall. Yeah, we were just talking about that the other ago, day. Right? Black Keys hit a wall. Like, El Camino was like, I don't think I like this anymore. You Where's know? my Black Keys collection? Because I have... Um, you remember the Cool Kids? That happened to the Cool sorta, Kids. Sort of, yeah, they the had Cool that, Kids. They had that first album that was fire, and then everything else after that was just sort of the weakest. I just had a really I'd like one. to see how this goes the other way. Like, has there ever been a really disappointing band that you've liked that put out a great album? I was nowhere? just going to say that. I, I was just going to say that I really... Oh, where I just lost it. Kind of Drake for me, because I didn't give Drake any, any buzz until I got that... Not the, uh, the one that's got like the self-portrait of his face on the side, whatever that album is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that had, one. Uh, Oh. It started from the bottom on it. And I was like, oh, I thought this was garbage. <laughs> it didn't mean I was wrong. I have to say, I was I grew up and I really loved Jason Mraz. Like, I just liked it. Yeah. It was, like, so fun. And then he put out a couple of albums and they were like, Mwah. Like, he became popular. And after it was uh, the rem- whatever the remedy was on. And then Mr. A to Z was an okay album. And then he came out with uh, we sing, we dance, we steal things. And that sort of fell apart for me. And now the most recent album, I don't even bother. Uh, I think I loved him. Hot take, that whole genre of soft white boy music can kind of piss off. It kind of fell apart. Like, I, I was kinda, so into yeah, it I mean, when I was in for, college. For you, but that, that music isn't directly for me. towards you. For you me. You know what I mean? Like I'm for... sitting here sipping warm champagne. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> yeah, just, you are. You know, just shooting off takes about Classic. soft white boy music. Right? The um, softest. The softest. <laughs> soft boys is uh, the oh, term. You know Look what? that term up on Urban Dictionary if you want to know about that one. I soft didn't boys. really like the first Lana Del Rey album. Oh, she's talented, though. Born to Die, but I loved Paradise, which was the second one. And I loved Ultraviolence, which came out after. So that kind of goes the other way. I'm, like, looking through my stuff now because I can't even think. Yeah, you're just drinking champagne and looking through your iTunes list right now. I Pretty much. <laughs> All right, so thanks, Jeremy. We got one more Jeremy question later on. Um, so let's move on to another one. This one is from former podcast guest Thomas D. Oh. Mm. Yeah. And this is a question about beards. Uh, so you can you have a comment about this. Are you shaking your head like you don't have opinions about beards? What are you uh, talking about? <laughs> shaved sides or unkempt edges? Now, this was the entire mailbag question. I just want you to know that. Shaved <laughs> sides or unkempt edges for beards? Uh, what's the female perspective on unkempt this? Unkempt edges. Unkempt edges, Like, here's right? the thing. Shaved sides are fine when you want to neaten it up, but you don't need a, like, you don't need a defined... Uh, I don't know how to put it without saying uh, mean things, but, no, like... I think you're right. 
Those like little, those like super defined. Yeah, you don't want edges. like a razor cut. You don't want it to be like a razor line down and a razor line across. Clean it up. Don't let it creep up into your eye sockets. But at the same time, it's like neaten it up, but don't make it too. Don't make me look like a second base prospect from the Marlins. There you go. <laughs> That's what don't I was Don't give me the David at. Ortiz lines. Don't give me the David Ortiz lines. That is what I don't like. I, and it, you know what? I find that uh, most of the guys that I know that have beards are kind of like keeping it neat but not giving you the David Ortiz yeah, I think lines. As somebody who's had a beard for a long time, um, somewhere in the middle, just sort of reinforce the natural lines. Don't put like unnatural angular cuts. Because then it starts growing in and it looks very But don't odd. let it go unchecked so you look like Wolfbane either because that just, it's not. No chin you know straps. I mean? No, oh, no, and that's what I, that's what scares me when we talk about lines because then it's like then it gets uneven before you know what you're having a chin strap. It's true. Uh, I am forced to keep the lines uh, sharp for work. They don't care to have unkempt like neck. When was the last beard. time you went to work? Uh, a couple days ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you look great now. <laughs> thank you, thank you. It's not where I thought you were going with that. No, uh, it's just because you have a little bit of like you have a little something happening. Yeah, here. yeah, so yeah. So it's yeah. just like I didn't. This is a real insider move I used to do. I used to, uh, when I would shave, I would, uh, when I was a kid, when I would shave all the time, because I don't shave all the time anymore. There used to be a time in our lives, Kevin, you probably remember, when you would shave clean, like, every other couple days, right? That was... Yeah, it was horrible. Yeah, it was terrible. I don't know what that was like Oh, anymore. man, girls have to do it all the time. Yeah, t- you guys got to talk. We had a lot of shaving to do. That's... Bitten, well, though. I mean, more so than you guys. You guys don't shave your legs, you don't worry about your armpits, you don't would worry you about Would you want to see a guy with shaved legs? Like, would that no. do it for you? Just like a whole... Like, no. Like, our wrestlers are all no. hairless. Like John Cena. No. Um, no. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's super creepy. I would say, I used to do the one where I would shave all of it off, and then a couple days later, I would shave everything but, like, the shitty baseball goatee so that my mustache and goatee would grow in a little bit longer than the rest of the beard, like, two days longer. Is that really weird? No, I mean... <laughs> That's that kind of weird, right? You do, you do you, boo. You have to do what you have to do to get the look. That was a weird time when you had just the mustache and chin goatee and no sideburns connected, right? That in that weird era in the mid '90s and early 2000s. Tough times, tough times. The goatee is a hard look to keep these we days. We can literally call, like, we can pick like baseball you see many players this whole time. Used to, yeah, baseball players. Yeah, the Ken Caminiti was the that was the look. Like, it just. Uh, uh, I think that this beard. I, I have a concern too. This is something I've noticed. Every every white dude in America right now sort of has the look that you and me have kevin just the, about yeah. the, it's very popular it's right now super popular i'm kind of hoping it goes away i don't think it's going to for a while so you can keep it so i can keep <laughs> it yeah i want it to go away so i can keep it so people don't think you're mine, trying to be trendy and popular mine is just like if for me i mean it is a really popular look and you sort of see a different variation of it everywhere you go mm-hmm. for me i've had a beard for a really long time because i just i like it better and i don't want to have to like get up and shave every day before i go to work or whatever and it was just, as I got older, like, I couldn't be, like, fucking spiking my hair up anymore. You know, you want something that looks a little bit cleaner in a business setting. Somebody sort of defaults to this look. But it's crazy, because when I was, a, like, a young man, like, when I was 18, 19, I was like, I'm never going to have a full beard. That's ridiculous. Or probably even earlier, like, 15, 16, I'm like, I would never want a beard. That's so dumb. And now I can't even remember what I look like without one. I have no clue what you look like without a beard. Um, like, literally, I think the, old, the shortest I've ever seen your facial hair was, like, oh, put your head up. My head like, up? Sam right in here. <laughs> There's a couple pictures floating you know what around I mean? in Babyface, like, really, re- Yeah, Babyface. I mean, maybe when we were younger you were Babyface, but now it's like, mm-hmm. I don't even know what I would do. My old man historically had a mustache for like 45 years, it's a good right? Look. He still has it, right? It's so for look. me... Sam's dad looks like Keith Hernandez. Oh! Yeah, yeah, he really does. 
Uh, he, actually, my now dad, you're speaking my language. My dad looks uncomfortably like Rafael Palmero. Like it's really unsettling how I much. I feel bad they if no one knows athletes right now. Um, no, but like he's had a mustache for so long, and I feel like he co-opted it. Like as his son, I can't wear a mustache because that's his thing. I would look. It would look weird. You are you already look enough like your dad. I remember you used to tease your mom about having a mustache, or like you'd shave it in just while getting rid of a beard and show her, and she would get so nervous and uncomfortable. By how much you look like your dad's a gift. Stop that. This uh, isn't even funny. Stop it. Get away. So let's uh, let's move along. Uh, <laughs> unkempt edges, I think, is the answer, unless your work requires you to shave it up. Keep it a little bit unkempt. It looks good. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one's from Maiden Utica friend Jilly Dukes. Uh, this is kind of a morbid one from Jilly Dukes. Jilly Dukes girl? just had a birthday, by the way. Yes, and we celebrated. It was nice. Uh, would you rather have no arms or no legs, Jilly Dukes? Mm, oh, no legs. No legs. No legs, right? No I legs. feel like I, I understand the case you're making because then you're gonna have to be in a chair. But like you watch these people, you see on like Ripley's Believe It or Not, people whose body stops at the pelvis and they just start booming around in their arms. They get like a skateboard to ride. That's around. what I was thinking. Get a skateboard. I feel like I can do because the real question there is, what would you rather lose, your fingers or your toes? Exactly. I do a lot more with my fingers than I do with my toes. I mean, some of our listeners might be into alternative lifestyles. Maybe you're doing all type of shit with your toes. But generally, fingers over toes. Always. Yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of my... I like drinking during the podcast. It's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, I feel like a lot of my skill set requires the use of my arms, right? Like, I could get away with most of my general lifestyle without my legs. Yeah, I agree with that. In a sad way. I guess that doesn't say much for me, right? (laughs) (laughs) Stop running. I would stop running, but I would be one of those guys so who would just... So would Kevin. Yeah. We'd have yeah. to stop We'd running. In solidarity. <laughs> in solidarity. Just to do I it. I don't know. I'm really like... Kevin's brother told me he thought I lost weight last time he came over here, and it really fueled my ego. So now I'm really feeling empowered by this whole... Really feeling slender? I feel good. It feels good. Yay. Now I'm just drinking in the middle of the <laughs> All right. Speaking of... How nice for you, well, this, says Well, this ties into our last mailbag question of the first segment. Uh, who has the biggest ego? Actors, athletes, or politicians? Man. This one from Cousin Joe. I Justin thought, Parkinson. I thought Cousin Joe was going to ask, like, out of the three of us. Oh, no. That'd be me, certainly. I feel like huge... It is your podcast. I, let's, let, let's see how many glasses of champagne Higgins has uh, before we settle that one for good. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, yeah. Who has the biggest uh, ego? Actors, athletes. Athletes or politicians? Athletes. Oh. Um, athletes. athletes. Think they can walk on water. Some of them. Mm. Mm, I would tough. say uh, that would be tough as a whole because politicians probably like individually. Like, exactly. I'm sure That's Hillary Clinton's got a bigger ego than anybody who plays in the NBA. And Jeff. But I think like every single person, especially too, because athletes usually tend to be younger, so they're maybe not as mature or as mm. grounded. I'll probably say athletes, but I could make the argument for politicians. I don't know. Uh, I feel like it's between athletes or politicians. Actors in general are uh, insecure maniacs who are striving for some sort of meaning. So, like, right. as much as they may have an ego, they're also... And there's probably like, more insecure politicians. That's a good point, actually. Athletes go out and physically dominate in, like, a quantifiable way. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. That's the big part. Quantifiable. Ability like, I hit that home run. Yeah. I'm not a fake. The home run went over the wall. Everybody yeah. saw it. You know what I mean? Bryce Harper. A politician, though. Future game. But a politician, though, your ego can become... Like, look at Donald Trump, though. Like, you don't think Donald Trump's ego is bigger than Bryce Harper's ego? Like, in uh, general? No. I, mm. Donald, yeah, Donald Trump's probably is, but he's... I'm not really a politician. I'm, I'm still not, I'm yeah, still not ready. Not I'm, I'm still not ready to call him a politician. I'm not really uh, there yet with him. We'll get back to him in a little bit. I actually have one more question about that. Uh, But for now, let's uh, refill our glasses and uh, let's take a quick break. Uh, And let's go to this week's interview. Um, 
As I talk about all the time, uh, there are two types of interviews we do on the show. Interviews of people who I find fascinating I've never met, and interviews of people I've known for a very long time who are doing fascinating things. This one falls in the latter section. Uh, I go so far back with A.J. Whiteley that I had to have a conversation with him to determine when we first met. His mom and my mom have been best friends since before I can remember. Uh, we spent a lot of time together growing up, and uh, in the last few years, since 2006, he has been the man behind Oskanitz in North Utica and South Utica. Oskanitz, the famous Utica pizza brand name. Did you ask him why he doesn't make gluten-free Oskanitz pizza? I did not, well, fortunately. I'm this sorry. This interview isn't I, for me. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, this interview is for the people. Uh, so I had a real good time speaking with AJ. Uh, so this is our interview. We'll be back with some more mailbag questions in just a bit. I don't think that our parents, especially your mom and my mom, know that we're in the same room together right, right. now. They'd be very excited. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't yet told her that you're going to be on the show either. So, oh, yeah, that's uh, cool. No, so I'll, I'll spring this on her. Um, so, AJ Whiteley, uh, I'm glad to have you here finally. Um, I know that when I first came back, uh, as I mentioned, this is our 50th episode. So nice. we made it 50 episodes. Congratulations. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Uh, but you... I remember talking to you, I think probably like episode three or four, we had tried to, I tried to come down and get you on the show, and at that time we were so in over our heads with everything, mm-hmm. we had no idea really what exactly. we were doing, it never really happened, but I'm glad that we're here today, because um, one of the things I talk about in the podcast all the time, people who tend to come on the show fall in two groups, either people I have known already, who are doing interesting things in the city, or people who are doing crazy interesting things who I've never met, and I can't help but be like compelled to mm-hmm. talk to them mm-hmm. uh you more than most people you fall into the first group so much that i had to come up with a list of things to discuss so nice. before we even get into the interview proper uh-huh. i want to remember you were one of the first guys i knew back in the day who had a sega cd you're the only guy i knew oh, back, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> back yeah. in the day yeah i had that for about a month before i realized it was junk <laughs> threw it in the garbage yeah, i remember because <laughs> uh, you're a little bit older than me and, yeah. I, and i'm not gonna put your age out but you were one of like two dudes in my life who were like sort of like close to my family who yeah. were older than me that I thought were like cool. Yeah. You showed me what pogs were when right. pogs were cool for like 10 minutes. Well, we, I, we, I've got pictures of us when we were little kids and you know, <laughs> you grew up on Valentine Bray and we'd spend a lot of time going back and forth. Our mothers were good friends. I think about Valentine all the time. Yeah. I, well, have... I, my mother-in-law actually lives the, the lot behind it, so I'm looking at it all the time and it takes me back, you know, there in the driveway there and how tough it was to get in and out of there. Every time I see... Your wife, I think about that too. Like yeah. what a small world it was. Oh that she my was god, it is. It's crazy. Um, and then also, I want to share this story. I don't know if you remember this, but this left a huge impact on me as a kid. Uh, and I, as I mentioned, uh, you're a little bit older than me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom used to visit. We used me and my mom used to come visit you and your mother when you were living out in Pittsfield, Massachusetts. And we'll get out to Pittsfield in just a minute. But yep. uh, you were a little bit older than me, and I, for lack of a more congenial term, was kind of a little scaredy cat. Nah. Like, I was a little scared. <laughs> so, I remember you pulled a prank on me one time with 
a, a mask. Yeah, a mask. Oh my god, a I mask at a wedding. I, I, I can't believe I remember that. I can, I can believe you can remember that because poor, poor bastard just left oh, a scar on you the man, size of a Grand Canyon. Man, like, I no, don't. First off, don't take that personally. I think that kids today are not properly teased and right. hazed. And I was, it's I was built. I had a lot of older sisters and older cousins uh-huh. and family members. I was built strong that way. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, it goes a long way. Yeah. I still think about that. Oh moment. man, I, 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 that, I totally forgot about that until you just said yeah, that. Yeah. That was cruel. I came out of a bathroom and you were wearing it was like a wedding dress and this mask. <laughs> a wedding and, dress. And I was now so, we're getting really, really deep. And in I it. was so <laughs> horrified. It scarred me for a couple oh, weeks. Oh, yeah, uh, I bet, man. I've forgiven you over the years. I hope you don't hold that. I, no, I I, I, that's, that's funny no. you remember that. So I guess um, I guess what uh, the whole <laughs> point of this is that uh, if you haven't picked it up, uh, your mom and my mom have been best friends for a very, very long close, Very close friends, long. like sisters. Yeah, uh, which is, I always find it weird because that's one of the things that as I got older, um, you ever like had that moment where you learned that your parents are just regular people right, and not just right. your parents? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it wasn't until my old man told me some of the stories about oh, our parents yeah. hanging out together. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually want that brings <laughs> me about something that I've never actually brought up with anyone on this show. Uh, your parents were divorced, mm-hmm. and my parents were divorced. We don't. T- not a lot of people on the show have come on, and I've never really brought it up with people before. But right. Like, I feel personally like that had a big effect on. Yeah, me. absolutely. Were you like personally affected at all growing up by that? Did it? I think it was. Uh, I think it was, you know. It's a little more common nowadays, but uh, it's just the generation we grow up in. I feel like a lot, I feel like uh, probably seventy five percent of my friends yeah. had. You know, it was almost the the people whose parents were still together was almost uh, it was cool to see, of yeah. course. But it was it was almost odd because all of my friends' parents were divorced, and uh, it gave you a totally definitely brought in the spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd be back and forth to different neighborhoods and. Going on, you know, visiting different members of each yeah. other's families and then out of town. As a kid, I thought I felt a little alienated as a little kid mm-hmm. until I got to a certain age and realized how prevalent it had become. Because as a little kid, it's like, oh my God, my parents are divorced. I was right. like eight or whatever it was. Well, yeah. You know, I, I, re- I actually remember around, it's, you know, it's, it's not a sad story. It's just, mm. it's a way of life. Yeah. I remember when your, you, your parents were still together yeah. and, I, and I was around when your parents had gotten divorced and I remember... They were both you, you, both your mother and your father. I remember your father taking us to the Discovery Zone. It oh was, yeah. It never affected, and I never looked at it. Was like this guy's leaving or anything like that. It was always a you know. It was a cool. It was all right. It was it wasn't terrible. It wasn't. My dad's a complex guy. Actually, I've talked about him a little bit on this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, my parents and I love both my parents for exactly what they are. Right? Yeah. Like, but I'm also at at 30 years old, and I've had time to look back, look back on, it. on it. I think to myself, my parents were married for 25 years, and they are. Not at all like each other. I right. think in hindsight, like They're how better, better off. Like, were you yeah. better off? Like? I always, I, my 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 uh, my father and my mother are like water and oil. Yeah. In, in yeah. a lot, in a lot of, uh, in a lot of ways. So, and I'm like, you know, can't, I mean, 25 years. Uh, is such I love a long pop so. Yeah, he's good, dude. He's I like your dad too, man. I remember, he, I remember the hardware story over on the east side. Oh man. We'd go in there and visit. I remember he had. Uh, <laughs> You know, Yankee cards on display. I was always a Red Sox fan. I remember he, it was the first time I ever knew who Tommy John was because he had a Don Russ, like an 86 yeah. Don Russ, Tommy John yeah, card. I remember you were a Red Sox fan. Yeah. yeah Red Sox uh, and the Pittsfield Nets. I remember uh-huh. you used to give me a hard time about yeah. it. I actually do want to talk about this because this is something that uh, I've never really talked to you about, but I'm always curious because you were initially in Utica as a kid. No, or, no never. Or were you always in Pittsfield? I was always in Pittsfield. My father and my mother were both from both from Utica. Yeah. My father was from North Utica. My mother grew up in East Utica, and uh, 
we spent a lot of time, my father mainly, we'd be spending a lot of time back and forth because we owned, we owned a, we had a camp up on Kyoto Lake. Mm-hmm. So we spent a lot of time up there and we'd spend a lot of time at my grandmother's house in North Utica. So I'd yeah. say maybe like once every month or two, we'd be up here for a long yeah. weekend or maybe sometimes a long, even longer than that. We'd so come and visit. You went to high, you went to high school in, in like in Pittsfield then yeah. too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep, I didn't. I didn't move out here until I was eighteen after high school. You still got like crew out in Pittsfield. Mm-hmm. You still got like buddies. It's crazy. I tell my nephew all the time. My nephew's going into senior year of high school, and I say, you know, don't put a ton of stock into these guys. You go to school. He's he's very heavily involved in sports, and he's gonna be choosing his college soon. And I said because I'm thirty years old, and I stay in touch with one. You know, I consider I consider myself close with two of them. Sure. One of them I talk to. The other one I don't talk to, but we still have that. Yeah. We're still kind of connected, but uh. Would yeah. you, uh, if if business interests aside, certainly you're pretty supplanted here. But would you like to go back to Pittsfield one day? Yeah, you know it's crazy. I mean, uh, the I would. Man. Yeah, it's beautiful, <laughs> and you don't know, you don't really realize until you look back on how beautiful it is. We had it was a city, maybe yeah. square footage wise, maybe about the size of Utica, but uh, square mileage wise, but um. We had two beautiful lakes right in the middle of those mountains that I met really miss. I remember not appreciating how nice that house was as a kid when I went to visit it because yeah. as a little kid I didn't. Yeah, you don't I pay attention care, to but stuff. Like, yeah, I remember a lot about that house actually. So thinking about it in hindsight, like that was a beautiful area. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. And my sister says the same. I mean, I say the same thing too about the house on Valentine. When did you? Um, when did you actually come back to you to get that? Uh, I moved here. I moved here in eight, uh, when I was eighteen. So that was two thousand one, and I'll never, I'll never forget. It was after. Um, it was uh, uh, September, about September 12th. Yeah. It was like a day after 9-11. Yeah. So I'll never forget, you know, the first week I was there with all the, all the news stories and what was going on with the country at the time. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Heavy. I was like, heavy stuff, I was in yeah. high school, I remember that shit going on. Yeah, heavy stuff. I mean, everyone remembers where they were. And... I was playing pitch, sadly, because my teacher ran out of the room, <laughs> so we were playing pitch at Proctor. Yeah, I mean, and your life changes, and you remember where you were at certain times, but that happened to be a total change of page of my life yeah what were you doing at the time you just like uh, i just was um well i was going to i started school out there that didn't work out too well <laughs> didn't we didn't get into that <laughs> i mean everyone has a story like that oh, but yeah. uh yeah and it was just like you know what i'll uh move in with my father who i, I never lived with he was my he was my father and we um you know yeah, shared yeah, custody I but i would yeah. spend time with him every other weekend and once a I week but I never lived with him yeah. i said and he goes uh why don't you kind of more you know, for lack of a better term? Why don't you give me a shot now? Yeah. Why don't you move in with me? And it was, um, you know, then I got to spend time with my father. I grew up with my mother, and she did a great, time, great job raising me. I loved, loved my mother. Oh yeah. But uh, it was, it was awesome to kind of live under the same roof with my father full time, and uh, learn some things, and hmm. you know. That's a weird moment for kids to divorce because I did have a moment where my dad also pitched me on the why don't you come and live with me for a while. Mm-hmm. And I think I was a little too old. At the, by the time he pitched right. it, I was at the point where I was like, nah, no, yeah. I'm okay. Yeah, I'm on my own now. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was kind of good for me. Honestly. Yeah, man. It's, it's what you make of it. Well, let me ask you now. You're a, you're a married man. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a single man over here, your job as a married man is to pitch me on why marriage is the best. So please tell me, what am I missing out on? Um, you're missing out on I mean, I <laughs> still try to take care of myself and my appearance and everything like that, but <laughs> you don't have to, you know, overly worry about impressing the opposite sex for sure. I mean, you, you still do to a certain extent. You yeah. still want to keep up appearance, but... Yeah. You know, I have a beautiful wife, yeah, so it's like, too. yes, I don't, that helps. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, that, that definitely <laughs> helps. But, um, 
Being married, I mean, it's 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 you got a life partner. Mm-hmm. And that's the bottom line. I mean, we, we we really work well as a team. And to be honest with you, I mean, where I am right now, I don't think I would be. You know, I'm still a work in progress, but I think a lot of it has to do with her, and a lot of it has uh, to do with the support, especially with kids. And you know, I would say her job is probably a little bit tougher than mine being home well, with three kids. That's a whole other. Like, yeah, you know, now you're talking about kids, but yeah, but marriage wise, yeah, it's mm. you settle down, you have a partner. It's, cool <laughs> <laughs> so let's uh, let's get into the business angle so 2001 you come back when did you initially get involved with the Oskanitz in North Utica I want to say yeah the first I one? think it was uh, no actually I, uh, I think it was maybe around 2003 I'd been here for a little while mm. I started a job at uh, I worked at Carmela's in Hartford yeah and I was working on the pizza over there not that that like got me hooked on pizzas or anything like that, but it got me. I was I always worked in the restaurant yeah. business, and uh, you see different forms. I wor- I worked in a bars type restaurant in, in Berkshire County that was on the water. This was more of uh, like the movie Waiting, yeah. you know that yeah. kind of, that kind of um that kind of atmosphere. So I started there, and then you know as, just like anything else, you move on from different jobs. And I started working, in, and there had been one in Washington Mills. And I worked for I worked over there for about six years, which was a great learning experience. Um, good group of people, good group of guys I was working with, and I learned I learned a lot over there. So from there, it was um, I'm working a lot of hours. I'm saving up money. I'm living at home. Um, I've always prided myself being just just frugal, I guess you could yeah. say. So I was saving money. I was working a lot of hours, learning it from the inside out, and. Uh, from there, that's when I kind of made the choice to, you know, possibly put up some money and mm. find a spot of my own if I'm doing working all these hours. Uh, now you'll forgive me if I don't know the whole intricacies of how this whole business works, but what, how were you connected to the Oskanitz on Bleecker Street? Um, I approached the, the Berlini family mainly. Stephen, Stephen and his, bro- mm. and his brother Mike are a third generation of the uh, Berlinis yeah. who had opened up in uh, 1914. Obviously, there's that's all that whole side of the story, but. Um, Stephen mainly, I had approached him. That was uh, we're going on probably around this time six years ago, yeah. maybe a little bit, a couple, you know, a little bit before now, six years ago, and I had talked to him. I said, you know, I'm here. I am. I'm interested in getting in, involved in business. Um, the economy wasn't so hot at the time, mm. and I knew I may be like probably in my best interest, not knowing because I'm still learning. Mm. Um, not even grasping the whole situation that maybe hitch my wagon to something. Yeah. You know, which I was always surprised that maybe like, well, maybe other guys have never tried this before. They've there's, yeah, I could, if I give you, if I had a dime for everybody in the past hundred years that have worked at an Oskanitz as a kid, delivery driver, helping out yeah. their family made boxes, they have, everyone has a story. Well, that's actually, I'm glad you bring it up because one of the things that, uh, when I was doing the prep for this interview, uh, my co-host Kevin brought up to me is there's got to be a certain amount of challenge with taking on a brand name that's yeah, already somewhat recognized. Yeah, definitely. It definitely is. And I, I've, a lot of people ask me that and a lot of people are used to that. That's, you know, Toscanese and they don't care when they come in, you know, there are people that will swear up and down the pizza's different. Yeah. And and everybody's entitled to their opinion. What they, a lot of them don't realize is Everything's made on at the Bleecker Street store. They have right. a full service bakery in the back that makes the pizza shells. They have big yeah. pots that make the sauce. the The difference is obviously um, it's made it's a, it's off site, different ovens, whatever sure. whatever it may be. But um, yeah. So I approached him and uh, he was down for it. What would you say? Uh, so you're talking. It's been 
Uh, 12 years now, man? Almost oh, no, I've been in business for six... And the North Utica store opened up six years ago. Six, six years, years ago. Six years July yeah. 1st, yeah. So six years since the North Utica one opened. What, do you, what would you say you've learned since the six years have started? Like, what's... Uh... Uh, to be honest, I, I've learned a lot. Of, mostly, I've learned a lot about people. Mm-hmm. I've learned, uh, you know, different employees have come in through the doors, everybody... You know their families, and I, 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 you try to take them in as, you know, as a friend, um, almost family. You try to be mostly as a coworker. So these guys are like working side by side. You know, I, I've always kind of prided myself on working side by side with my guys. Yeah. So mostly work, learn about people. We had a lot of customers in North Utica. We get them in off the throughway. Mm-hmm. You know, we heading up north. Um, so you learn about people. I mean, that's something that you re- is a, uh, you really learn. That line of work. So six years was the North Utica one, uh-huh. and how long ago have you been? How long have you been in South Utica now? Because you just came, we just passed a, last month would have mm-hmm. been a, it was a year, and that's the location on twenty six forty four Genesee Street, which I was down today. I mm-hmm. thought the pizza tastes just like the old pizza oh, today yeah. when I had yeah, some. Yeah. Granted, it was I always think Oskin <laughs> style is delicious. I love yeah, the upside down pie. Uh, I do love the South Utica location. You and me had a nice conversation about that location today. Uh, what do you think going forward? You got North Utica, you got South Utica. What would you like to see going forward? Um, um, well, we talk, uh, the Berlini and I talk a lot about uh, spreading our wings a little further, maybe out towards Syracuse area, possibly the Valley, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever, wherever, you know, the kind of, there's a lot of people in, like I said, a lot of people in the North Utica store and off the throughway. Yeah. A lot of people from Syracuse who are transplants from here to there that, a place where the word of mouth would spread a little bit easier, you know, if we were to head out west, you know, and the Cal- you know, open up California, it'd be, it might be a little different story, you know, as far yeah. as word of mouth goes. I mean, yeah. obviously the product would be great, but um, the name recognition's a little. Do you do a lot? Do you do any of the shipping out of here? Like, nope, no, no nope. shipping. Uh, Bleecker Street handles all, all the shipping. shipping yeah. yeah. So I was curious about that. It seems like such a. I know. It's it's. <laughs> I I still can't really wrap my mind around, it, and I never get a chance to ask Mike Berlini. Uh, Mike Berlini handles that, and I've never really got a chance to talk to. Him. I think I've touched on it, but it seemed complicated. I want to bring something up to you that I happened to see on Facebook this week. Uh, uh-huh. Your sister, DL, uh, posted a, a nice Facebook post about how much time uh, you've put into these two restaurant yeah. locations. Uh, I've worked in restaurant industry for a long enough time to know what it takes yeah. as the boss yeah. to make this run. How much how much time would you say a week you're really putting into this? Like It's crazy because I... Now that my family's getting a little bit, the boys are getting older, I have a baby at home, it's like trying to take more time with, with them because they're only that age once. I mean, any age once, obviously. Sure. But um, it's hard to say because my mind's always on it. Yeah. When I'm, you know, when I'm sitting here with you, my mind's on it, and, it, it, you know, there's weekends where I'll kind of, I still work seven days a week, but it may be a weekend where I'm only working three day, three mm. hours or four hours on a Saturday where I feel like, geez, I'm slacking. And I yeah. start, and I kind of it's like gives me a kind of anxiety that like I should be there I should be there but when in reality I think a lot of times your staff needs a little bit of time with the boss not there to kind of mesh yeah you know what I'm saying uh, like, yeah I know what you mean uh, I had this problem when I was training at the restaurant I was at right like, when someone's over my shoulder watching me train uh-huh. I feel the pressure like tenfold right whereas if you give you a little bit of leash maybe exactly yeah uh, but I understand though like because it's to a certain extent like this is. This is on you, right? Mm-hmm. To the, the end of the day, it's probably hard to let go right. of that. Right, reputations are yeah. on the line, yeah. and uh, you know that was a nice post she put. I was, I was almost embarrassed. Like I was just like, she tooted my horn, 
But yeah, I do put in a lot of hard work, and that's it, it, you got to do it. It's what it takes, man. Uh, well, listen, man, I'm real proud of you. Uh, you know, you've been doing real great work, and I appreciate everything you're doing, carrying on the great name, staying around this area because we lose a lot of good people. It's nice uh, to have no, you. We're around not going. Here, we're not going anywhere. Uh, people can get Facebook is the best place to reach you guys. Yeah, you can search it on uh, Oskanids, North Utica, South Utica, and even the Bleecker Street stores on Facebook. Do so. you uh, do you get people? screwing up the name a lot i've noticed that's no a big... man no i <laughs> really don't i mean that north utica store like i said we get a lot of people <laughs> i meet a lot of interesting people who are kind of like befuddled by the name and the and the sauce on top and you and it's our job like i talk to my <laughs> counter people i see you know we got to be salesmen because a lot of times people look at it and they have those blinders on they're 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 not really into it but just get them to bite into it and they'll know AJ, you're doing great work. I know we appreciate you coming and spending your time. I hate taking you away from your family. Thanks Aww. again, my friend. Anytime, man. Have a we'll great time. Uh, it's always a pleasure to have you. We'll be back in just a moment. Bring it in one more time here. Cheers it in here. Aha. We are almost out of champagne at this point. So we're, we're gonna wrap it up with We're almost questions. out of questions, Sue. That's all right. So uh, again, thanks for everybody sending in questions. Uh, all of these as we usual, love you are real. None were manufactured. Uh, except for one of these, which I will point out in a moment. Oh, um, okay. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's get back to where this is the other follow-up question uh, from Jeremy that he oh, sent back earlier. Okay. And this one is a uh, another fashion question. Which I'm going to get a good laugh at right now, and I think you guys will too, because you can see me in real life. Uh, is it acceptable for a man over the age of 30 to wear a backwards hat? Uh, I'm wearing one currently, so I feel like... You know what? I had... <laughs> I feel like I'm not the best... I'm a little biased you, you in this can't, You can't answer this question. I feel like uh, Aaron's perspective is probably going to be a little bit more important than either of ours, yeah. for sure, but I was just having this As conversation. As usual. <laughs> ah, and uh, hello, Corbell. <laughs> I was actually having this conversation with my brother over the weekend. Um, he had been doing yard work outside, and he stopped in to see me at work, and he was wearing a baseball cap pulled forwards, and we were talking about, like, as you get talking, you get playing around with the hat on your head, like, yeah. sitting down. And he was talking about how he never wears it backwards anymore. And he always used to. He's like, yeah, I feel like I just can't do it anymore. And, like, I feel like a backwards hat, I mean, if it's just, like, Saturday afternoon you're hanging out, I think, you know, as long as the hat looks good on your head, you can still wear it backwards. Who cares if you're 30? Who cares if you're 50? Mm. Amen. I'm a big supporter of the backwards hat, uh, as you can tell. I have a couple, yeah. Uh, here's the thing, though. Like, I do understand kind of what he means. Like, uh, this is what we were talking about when I went camping last yeah, week. Yeah, your backwards hat is no longer your going out on Saturday night hat. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. that's what it is. Like, I wore uh, I wore a an old basketball jersey and a backwards hat when we were going up camping last weekend, and I sort of felt like people probably thought I was a scumbag, right? I got my weird, goofy, prison-looking tattoos. You might have been a little bit caught up in the narrative there, too. But I know what you're saying, though. Like, it definitely... Uh, I don't know. I think you can rock it. I can't rock a back... This is a very specific reference. I could rock a backwards snapback hat, because I think that's okay. I don't know if I could rock a backwards flat-brim fitted hat like it was early 2000s. That look maybe has passed me by a little bit, I think. Aaron, what do you think? Well, who cares? Honestly, it's like, who cares? If you can wear a backwards hat and it's a fitted hat or a snapback or whatever, flat brim, curved brim, 
wear it if you like it. It's one of those things where it's like, I've seen men who can pull it off. I've seen men who can't pull it off. Mm -hmm. But here's the best part. Age is not the biggest factor well, in this debate. Right, let me let me rephrase this for you then, okay? Do I want to date this right here? As I circle to Sam's backwards cap, it's not a bad look for you. Thank you. So you can pull it off. And I don't um, know if it's just the hat that you're wearing. I've seen Kevin wear hats, both front and back, and they look fine on you. Never backwards? You have never seen me wear either. Okay, here's no, the thing I about me. I know hats. you haven't, and I'll tell you why. I'm very upset about hats because I would love to have a hat. I would love to have a hat, but they don't make them because my head is so big. Oh, yeah, oh I literally That's wear right, size caps. like eight and a half caps, baseball cap. Like they don't even make them; they don't sell them. So All I'm right. a little bit hurt by the whole hat conversation because uh, I'd like to join in and have a hat. I wear base. I have one baseball cap that I wear, um, and I wear it back, both backwards and forwards. And I don't, you know, six to one, half a dozen to the other. You know what's a good '90s look for you that I just want you to do one day for me is pigtails on a baseball hat. No, the ponytail through the back of the snapback hat. The only problem with that is that my hair is short now, so it's like it's only like a half up, half down. I see. It's not really a sexy look for me anymore. It was never really a sexy look for me in the first place. Elaine Bennis rocked that in one episode of Seinfeld. So. Oh, that's what this is all about. This boils down to a Seinfeld episode. Yeah, Sam's weird 90s television fetishes. All right. I've only seen one episode of Seinfeld. What? Yeah. One? Guess which one? The Keith Hernandez. The Keith Hernandez one. I know that for sure, but really? I do. That yeah, show seems just, like it would be way up your alley. You know what? I never got into it. Way I just never up got your into alley. It. Isn't that odd? I never got into it. I should probably do it, but I just never did. All right, move on. Listener Chuck P. writes, if you had a time machine and you could go back in time and fight one person from history, who would it be? Oh, fight what, one person? What a cool Fight one question. person from history. You gotta fight a guy? Hmm. Uh, I can start this because I did a little bit of minor research on this. Uh, I didn't want to pick someone too obvious, right? Because the easy answer is like, I want to punch Hitler or I want to punch Mussolini, right? No, no, no. no. Maybe right. that's who you can box for the 100th episode. You can yeah. box Hitler. I would like to go back and keep it a little more American. I'm going with the 14th president of the United States, the man who passed the Kansas-Nebraska Act and the Fugitive Slave Laws, Franklin Pierce, the worst president consensus in United States history, the black mark on our country's presidential... Uh, on a presidential, I guess up until Trump. So far. So far, <laughs> we'll I see. guess, right? But yeah, Franklin Pierce, the worst president, he'd be a good oh, one man, for me to go, go scrappy with. Fight anybody. Fight anybody? Anybody. I'm trying to think. This is a really tricky question. Like, because you immediately go political and you start thinking about major issues that happened in the American... Or, or like in the world, for that matter. Most of the people I want to fight are still alive. Like everybody, me too. everybody from the past never did anything <laughs> to me personally. Nope. I'm a pretty reasonable guy. I'm not gonna fight. You really have to push me to get to where I want to fight. So like everybody I got a problem with is still out mm. there waiting. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot. I want to punch Josh Groban. That's a good one, Josh Groban. Yeah, I'm not a fan. You might take punchable out Josh face. Groban. Mm, he's got that face. Got I just want to slap him in the head. That's a real. That's a real problem in today's society. I see a lot more punchable faces in TV and in public in general. A lot of punchable faces out there. Who in the would world. we punch? I don't even I see, know. I feel like if I had a time machine, fighting would be the last thing on my mind. Me too. I would have so much other work to do. Me too. Mm. So much other work to do. Mm. Um, I don't know because here's the other part of that. You immediately assume that you're going to have access to this person. Like, True. Do, are, is this question now saying we're going to have immediate access to this person one on one? Because yeah, the majority yeah. of the people that we're discussing are. Or do you are, just pop up in 1865 Utica, New like, York, and go looking for. To you know, common. Like, you don't, it's not a thing you do. You don't have that option. You can't find King Tut. Well, that's why, see, Franklin Pierce is a good pick because in the 14th president era, like, you could probably just go to the White House. 
and knock on the door and be like, is Mr. Pierce here? I'd like to speak with him about a pressing matter. I want to punch don't him in the face. About that. <laughs> Andrew Jackson was just letting people into the White House. That was Andrew, Andrew Jackson. Andrew Jackson got impeached. <laughs> 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 Frank <laughs> Pierce was the worst one, though, man. He's and dead. he still didn't know. get impeached because he didn't um, let anybody in. Um, I'd like to see a fight between you and Hemingway. Who's, who be sent tight. that in? No, I would get murdered. It'd be terrible. I'd be uh, Charles P. Did you ever hear? I want to go. I want to. You know what I want to do? I want to get the time machine and go back and fight Charles P. When he was ten years old. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's what I want to fight back in time. I don't know. This is I a really. I want to fight Justin Parkinson as a ten-year-old. Yeah. You'd crush. Uh, rub his face. Yeah. Together. Well, the next question is, uh, if you could fight anyone in Maiden Utica, who would it be? Let's do it on three. One, two, three. Justin, Justin. Parkinson. <laughs> we should have chosen one name. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> we all said the same thing. That's what happens when your podcast is live. I think. I would fight you. Who, Sam. me? Yeah, I'd fight Sam. That's not a fair fight because I wouldn't be able to fight back. That's I would not want to be able to fight you. Oh, come on. I would never be able to. I can't fight I... Kevin. No. No, Kevin's a monster. No, no we chance. would have to team up to fight Kevin. You guys, you guys would have... I would sit on your shoulders and put a trench coat on like one of those crazy cartoons. <laughs> no, you guys, you, guys would have, you guys would have to team up with weapons manufacturers if you wanted to fight me. Like, you would need guns. Mm. I gotta think about who Handily, I would depose In Maiden Utica. I don't know. I don't think I really... Justin. Obviously Justin, but that's not really saying anything because we'd all punch Justin and then we'd get over it. <laughs> I'm right. gonna fight Cliff. Cliff, <laughs> good luck. I know I'd get my, you know. Um, Why are you? I'll tell you yes. what. You know who I would not want to fight? Uh, Jill. I, Jill Ducato? No, yeah. I would not. Uh, I would not want to fight today's guest from the podcast, uh, AJ Whiteley, who I forgot until I went over to see him how tall and large he is today. Ooh, I was like, I don't he's a big boy. That. It, I don't know. want to fight Katie. She's scrappy. Oh, Utica's finest Katie Riley? Katie's like, got that reach. Katie's got, got that reach. reach. You, uh, she'd be wailing on you from 20 feet away. She'd have like, it would be a... like she'd put one hand on my forehead and I'd be eight and a half feet away from her. Have you ever been in a fight? And I'd be swinging. Yes, I've been in a fight. Like a fist fight? Really? Once in my whole life. I was 21 years old. Did you win? I don't know. So no. Well, because it, it wasn't my fight, I was like an accessory to the argument. Okay. And I just got like hit once and then I need a girl in the face. And then I got carried out huh. by my then boyfriend was like, we got to go. Um, I've, over the years, I've believed that my That's, sharp no, my sharp tongue and my quick wit has uh, always worked out instead of getting into actual fights. So I haven't been in too many and fist I, fights. And I got to say for you, like over the years, a lot of people have wanted to fight you. Sure. Like when we were younger, a lot of, mm. lot of dudes wanted to fight you. There was always some problem with some scandalous woman somewhere. Yeah. I'm, I want to go back in time and fight Sam. I'm kind of an easy target because I'm not too intimidating looking where people are like, I could fight that guy. Like, I, I'm, like, right in the wheelhouse for, like, that guy could probably get beat up by me. Like, I'm not too big, but I'm also not too small where you feel like you're beating up, like, a, a small child or something. Who would I want to fight? <laughs> now I'm going back athletes wise. You seem, you're, Kevin, you're six foot five, right? Can't teach that. No one's, can't teach that. Does anyone ever attempted to get in a fight with you except that one guy in Montreal who we knocked out, who you knocked out with that one punch? That was a different kind of fight. Um... Not, no, never really. You know, it's something funny that happens to me, like, talking about fights. Because a lot of times when fights happen, people are, like, out somewhere drinking. Like, yes, social that's, how, that's when, how the argument that I when, was involved is in Is when happened. fights tend to happen, right? I notice something funny that always happens to me. I'll be, like, walking through, and, like, I'll accidentally bump into somebody. You're in a really busy place. And I, I'm always super apologetic, and I'm always right up, like, I'm, hey, you know, no problem. Sorry, I'm just coming through. People will bump into me sometimes. They turn around, they look at me, they look up at me, and like, I'm really, really sorry. I'm like, I'm not mean. I'm not gonna. It's okay. Like we're, it's crowded out here. You're not Shrek. But yeah, people don't really come at me maybe as often as they do other people. You know, I will say this one time. Take it for granted. We, I think. Kevin and I were out. I don't think you were there, and um, I was oh, I almost this. in a fight. I almost, it was a couple of uh, winters ago, maybe two winters ago, and I almost. Mm -hmm. I really was angry, and I almost wanted to fight um, a dude. Actually. Some guy, yeah. 
And Gavin was Some like... Some guy was really, really drunk and being really, really inappropriate with Aaron yeah. and all the girls we were out with. Yeah, and I had had it. I had had it. And I had said a couple things to him, just like, you know, please just leave. Please don't say anything, because I will. I won't hesitate to punch you. Because I will. You. I won't hesitate just to... leave it at that. I yeah. will. I won't... Honestly, it was like one of those girl things. Like, I know you're really bothering the girls, and you're really bothering me. He did this thing where he almost, like, he, like punched me in the throat almost like he was being foolish but he didn't mean to and he didn't know his own strength and so i had said to kev i I think he was gonna stop before like he he was gonna yeah and he didn't he made a a fair amount of contact and i was like listen i will throw a drink in your face or 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 strike you if i have to which is never how i roll i will strike i will strike strike. like a snake i will (laughs) but kevin was the barrier who stood like between me and him because yes. Kevin was very angry. Kevin was really, really angry that night. That was the only time I think I've seen you that angry. Yeah, probably. I was mad. I was very after. Like I was already mad because he was like harassing the girls. But once he like hit you, I was like, all right. We, yeah, that was a really, go. really rough night. Uh, I've always like you and me. Surprisingly, Kevin have never been in a fight together. I don't. No. Not it. Which no. is a shame because of our wrestling alter egos, big guy, small guy. I'd be tag picking team. you up, throwing you at people. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you'd be, yeah, it'd be a great. You're a very good weapon. I'm an excellent uh, blunt object. Just throw. <laughs> Pretty good projectile. <laughs> great projectile. Um, all right, so let's move on. Uh, I got one Was more question. Was blunt object a pun? Uh, yes. Never mind. Go ahead. Keep going. Uh, if you <laughs> this is a, <laughs> if you come uh, so this I took this one from a uh, a mailbag online because I liked it. I think it's an important Maybe question. Maybe that's what we'll do. If nobody wants to submit mailbag questions, we'll just respond to other people's mailbags. Yeah, so mailbag take mailbag it upon questions. ourselves to respond uh, to like dead spin mailbag. I'm I found this. It. I found this one and I really enjoyed it. I think it's uh, relevant since we're getting very close to the the Hillary Trump possible uh, final two. Yeah. Uh, so here's what it is. If it came down to it. Knowing everything you've known in your whole life, if you had to vote for one, who would you vote for right now? Hillary. Donald, wait. Oh. Donald Trump or George W. Bush? Oh. <laughs> it hurts, doesn't it? That hurts in my inside. It's tough, right? Knowing uh, what you know. Knowing what I know, knowing what George Bush has done. Yeah. Knowing what he was capable of. Yeah. Behind the goofy smile and the uh, southern drawl. Knowing uh, that the Donald is an uncertain... We all think he's a bad guy now, but I think I would have to, and it kills me to say, go with Donald Trump because Mm -hmm. we don't know. Because I I know the horrors that was the Bush era. They, it's it's an old wives' tale for Ooh. a reason. It's always better the devil that you devil know that you than know. the devil that you don't. That Man. is true. Um, that it, is true. It, with George Bush, at least it's so I can make a better case. That's somebody who has experience as being the president. It's somebody who has established relationships. It's somebody who, for as many things that I think were missteps that he did in the office, it's somebody who I can trust to be a little more even keeled than I can trust Donald Trump. And at the end of the day, I think he's a smarter guy than Donald Trump. Not when it comes to marketing, because I don't think many people are smarter than Donald no. Trump when it comes to marketing it's and advertising themselves and getting themselves over. But I think he's probably a smarter guy, like policy-wise, and figuring out like how to do what and like how to run things. Mm-hmm. I would have to vote for George Bush, but that's the point where you start looking at your bank account and realizing how cheap it is to live in Latin American countries. 
And you're just sort of like, listen, I'm saying like Costa Rica, I'm like, okay, I can, this money will keep me there for like five years. I'll have something by then. I don't think I need a teaching certificate to work in Costa Rica. No. I know a shit ton about Nicaragua. My entire life. Dude, let's go to Nicaragua. Let's go to Nicaragua. You could bring like $2,400 and be set till you find something. Um, I think, yeah, I kind of buy in, I buy into what you're saying a little bit, uh, like for as much as. We both make pretty decent arguments, honestly. I go back and forth because, uh. Part of me likes the idea that, like, uh, that Trump might be the end of the political system that we have as we know it. I'm kind of like, maybe that's what we need. But also, for as bad as George W. Bush was, we're still here. We didn't get to that nuclear fallout apocalypse that I was expecting, right? So Nobody uh, had to use their shelters. And, and, I, and I feel like Trump is a much better candidate to end up in fallout apocalypse than than. Yeah, I mean, uh, I honestly, just, you can make the argument yeah, either way. I don't know. You really could. That's there, a great question. There is question. the part of me that's been conditioned by, like, all sorts of, like, media and entertainment and, like, apocalyptic programming on TV and in movies that's just, like, maybe I just want to see the shit show. Maybe kinda. I just want to see the world I'm burn. into like, the shit show, right? What would happen after? Uh, there, there's the that's question. That's the question. Is the juice worth the squeeze for, like, is you know what I mean? the squeeze. Uh, I do have one over That under. was the tagline for my... <laughs> Yeah. That was the tagline for my first radio show, Juicebox really? Radio. The I remember that. Oh Juicebox Radio? Yeah, Juicebox Radio. For episode, for episode 100, we'll do a Juicebox Radio throwback show. Yeah, we will. Um, I have one over-under for you guys. Uh, this one was not sent in. It's just something I happened to think about since it's getting to that time of year. It was very hot this weekend. Ugh. Kevin has an air conditioner in his room. I do not overrated, underrated, owning an air conditioner. Go ahead. Underrated? Uh, bro, un- what do you mean? Are you like I don't even know this. How to if you ever try to pitch me the fact that it's a bad idea that like in the middle, the hottest days of summer, I go and fall asleep in my room and it's fifty six degrees, and I can get <laughs> under my blankets and just be fucking out there, you're nuts. Don't even. I'm offended. Okay, let me say I quit. This. I quit. Episode fifty. This is <laughs> it. I'm finally done. Let Good me luck say with this Parkinson right now. and Higgins trying to rein in these two maniacs next week. Let me say this really quickly. I, I want to renegotiate my contract. Understandably so. Let me say this. My folks got one of those like ro- I call it the robot. Yeah. Where the you R2 put, R2D2, yeah. Yes. Where yeah. you put the thing in the window it's and it's got good. like that sleeve of uh, that sleeve. like sleeve. That sleeve. It looks like a sleeve. It's like uh, what's it called? Yeah, it's yeah. the um, the tube that connects it to the yeah. robot. And that sucker is glorious. It goes in the window and it, I named it Olaf from Frozen and because I couldn't think of any cool names from The Revenant and I love it. I literally want to take it with me everywhere I go. It's the best decision anybody has ever made in the history of personal cooling. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, when I was... Uh, I saw you rearing up ready to count I off know. on your oh, fingers. Oh, I love my fan. It blows air at me when I'm a thousand degrees. Look at degrees. how tortured and old school yeah. I am. I was going to be my authentic fan. Oh, uh, my God. It's, important, it's an important part of my brand to uh, to discuss... To be to do suffering, to be uncomfortable. Suffering and uncomfort is an important part of my brand. Uh, so uh, you gotta understand, like these are all part of a greater narrative. So um, I, I don't. It's bad for the environment. It's You're bad right. for your bills. Uh, I do subscribe to old man technique, where I'm like, I like the fan and the breeze, and it's okay. Uh, that being said, uh, take a shot. When I lived in New York. Uh, you could not survive without at least some kind of air conditioner because it you really was you know too what, muggy. Like, you borrow so Olaf bad. for one day, your life will change forever. Um, on, on a lighter note, though, like, or, um, like truth be told, with an air conditioner, I wouldn't be able to sleep in the summer if I didn't have an AC. Yeah. I'm one of those people, I keep my window cracked in the winter a little bit. I like to be very, very cool because I job. love yeah. sleeping under tons of blankets, mm-hmm. and it's impossible. So, uh, like, a window unit air conditioner is... 
I can justify the extra price on the electric bill for being able to get like a full night's sleep and everything like that. I have a fan and an air conditioner. Oh, I got a fan too. Yeah, in case it's like not going, you need direct breeze to fall asleep. I am a direct breeze kind of gal. Like it's got to be. <laughs> Katie and I have this argument because she'll be in my car or you know whatever, vice versa, and I have the vents pointing directly at my face at all times, and she doesn't like that. She doesn't like the direct breeze. So. You and local fishmonger Steve Anderson would get along because he that very direct, much likes the direct breeze. The direct breeze has to be on my, i got to feel it at all times, even in the winter. Uh, all right, so air conditioning, uh, apparently underrated, or I've been told. No, maybe you could just, listen, this is what's going to happen. Let me tell you what's going to happen what's right gonna now. What's going to happen? Let me just play out this narrative. You are like such a, you know, you've been an old man now with your, <laughs> with your paper fan or whatever you got. <laughs> And now we're all like, oh, yeah, air conditioning is the greatest. And you're going to be like, okay, I guess i got to get one, you guys. When in oh, rea- no. no, hold up. When in reality, <laughs> you've wanted one this whole time. You just won't admit that you're a wimp like mm. the rest of us who don't want to sleep in 1,000 degrees with your sheets sticking to your sweaty you're, body. You're partially right because uh, even if I did want an air conditioner. Which you do. I would suck it up. And not get one just to uh, promote my personal brand and despite you guys for trying to get me into an air conditioner. Now Listen, in ten, in 10 years my when we're, when we're all buying on, Sam's book. My, my whole life is based on spite and stubbornness. And, it, and that's the title it's, of his book? That's the title of your book. Yeah. Spite and stubbornness. I, this is, is, I spite on your grave by this Sam is the point. This is the point in the bottle of champagne where Anne Higgins takes the next step into aggressive and a little mean <laughs> where she's just tearing out Sam's throat well and that's, but she's not wrong so I have her back well Thank you. Uh, oh, and, Aaron, it's, always. and it seems always. like always and at this point in time I think it's uh, time we wrap up this this 50th has been a episode. really good 50th episode yeah it was a lot of fun I, am, right? I just really quickly before we go we do want to thank everybody who has supported us yeah, for 50 for episodes sure. And has been there to laugh with us and cry with us. Have we ever cried? Well, you cry. I cry sometimes. Because you're suffering in spite. Soft boy, look it up. The rest of us don't. (laughs) To laugh with us and to support us and to support what we've been doing. And we love you. Thank you to everybody who's been an interview. Everybody who has, has, uh, you know made comments to us. People who have said something to us in in situations that have been public. I get it all the Mm. time now. Um, We are so thankful to have you. We are so, we love you more than you realize Keep listening. We promise the next 50 will be better than the first 50. <laughs> better. Don't, don't. I was going to say much better, then I was like, yeah. I can't promise you much better. You know what better. I want to do after we finish this episode? I'd like to go back and I would like to get Aaron's percentage. Out of 50 episodes, that's enough of a sample size <laughs> to get an attendance percentage. First and I would off, like to see. I would like to say thanks to the everybody who's been here for my 12 episodes. <laughs> for Kevin Sullivan, for Aaron Higgins. My name is Sam Famolaro. It's been an absolute pleasure. We'll be back next week for episode 51. 51. No more. No. Spite. <laughs> Spite and stubbornness. Spite and stubbornness. <laughs> another 50 episodes Everybody of stubborn Everybody arguing with Sam about air conditioning. Uh, we won't celebrate another milestone until 100, I promise. Do you air conditioning on in your car? Uh, no, windows no, open. No, in the car, you have to go windows open. Yeah, windows open. Yeah. Oh, no, 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 no. Where is this conversation? Uh, episode 100. <laughs> <laughs>